Good morning. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. There's not a mistake, my voice is off. I wanted all of you to experience what it's like for a deaf person to come to church. My voice is turned off, so you can't hear my voice. Stephen is my voice today. Do you all understand? The deaf are like, oh yeah, we know. <laughs> They're used to coming to church. Yeah, that's what it's, the poor interpreters over there interpreting as fast as they can. <laughs> Today is Deaf Awareness Sunday. What does that mean? And why are we doing Deaf Awareness Sunday? There is a great need in America today, not only in America, but really around the world, for the gospel to reach deaf people. I want to give you a few statistics. I'm not going to explain everything, but I want you to, I'm going to help you understand a little bit about deaf culture. For every 1,000 children born in America, two to three will be born deaf. More than 90% of deaf children are born into a hearing family. 98% of hearing fathers of deaf children will never learn sign language. 96% of deaf do not go to church regularly. Why? Most churches don't have interpreters. Deaf can go to the church, but they'll sit. And that's all they get. How... How long would you go to church if that's all you saw and heard? There's about 2% of deaf people will see the gospel clearly in their life. 15% of Americans older than 18 have drastic hearing loss. A recent study by the World's Health Organization said that 360 million deaf people around the world, sorry, people with significant hearing loss. 240 million of those 360 million are completely deaf. That means if all the deaf around the world were put together, they would make up the third largest unreached people group in the world. We have a need for deaf people to be able to see and hear the gospel. Amen. Can you imagine if I was a researcher? I'm, I'm a chemist, and I... Um, I'm studying to find the cure for cancer. I'm trying to find the cure for cancer. And I'm, I'm working and working and working many, many years on years on years on years. I'm studying and saying, finally, one day, I'm in my little room, and I find the cure for cancer. I'm so excited, but I don't tell anybody. 
I take what I have created, what I've created, and I take it home to my family. And I tell my father, here, take this pill. And my mother, take this pill. And I give it to my brother and my sister, take, take the pill. But I just hold it. And I don't tell another person. How many of you, I'm curious, how many of you have lost a family member to cancer? Yeah, me too, my mother. What would you think of me if I had learned the cure for cancer and I held it for myself and I didn't tell you? If uh, some of you men, how many of you men like you went on a, uh, a fishing trip? You know, you, you pay and you get in a boat. Are you with me? How many of you men have done that before? Yeah, and you, you're trusting that the captain, he's inside where the steering wheel, I guess steering wheel on the boat, right? I don't know, I don't drive one. But anyway, he's in there, and he's got a little, a little computer with radar, you know, and it's looking down underneath the water, and he can see all these fish under the water, right? What would you think of the captain if he's looking at his screen and he sees, wow, underneath, there's many, many fish under there. I'm not going to tell these guys. If they want, they can drop their hook down there if they want. I'm not telling them. I would get my money back if I was on that boat. Amen? Today I want to talk to you about that. What would you think of this church, Valley Forge Baptist Temple, if we knew the way to heaven, but we didn't tell you? I wouldn't think that's a very good church. What would you think if, as a Christian, I know the way to heaven? By the way, if you're a Christian, you know the way. What about a Christian who knows the way to heaven but remains silent? We want to talk about that today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will touch our hearts today. I pray that you will touch every person here. And God, I'm going to ask you for a specific thing. I'm praying that the person who is closest to hell today would hear and receive the truth of the Word of God. God, help me today to be clear. Help my signs, my voice to match, and I pray that the deaf and the hearing would all be able to hear the same today at the same time. And I pray that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit of God. I need your help. I'm not able to do what I want to do today, so I'm going to ask you to help me today to be able to touch the hearts of people. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33. I want to share with you uh, uh, a picture that God gives us in the Bible. Um, this is a, really, it's God who's speaking. He's giving instruction to the children of Israel. Uh, you know that the children of Israel for many, many years were wandering all over in the desert area. And when they finally did arrive in a land, most of the countries nearest to them hated them. Hmm. Not much has changed. It's still that way for Israel. Amen. Uh, we were just, last year, we were able to go to Israel with our church group, and I remember we were driving down southern part. We were going to go to the, to the Dead Sea and different things we were going to see, and I noticed that uh, you kind of get near the border of Israel, and the other countries are over there, and you can see these things that I would call a watch tower over there. It's got little steps up, and there's a, there's a little place for a guy to stand up there, and he, he's watching out. He's guarding his border. 
He's watching to see if the enemy is planning to come and cross over that border. And today, that's the story that's here that we see today. And I, and I want you to see, it's a very interesting story that's here. And really, I think it really applies to us today. I want you to begin, look at verse 2. In Ezra, Ezekiel, sorry, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 2, it says, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people. Say unto them, when I bring a sword, now when it says sword there, you understand it means an enemy. An enemy is coming. When I bring the sword upon a land, take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman. Watchman. A person who's going to watch. Now, today we would do this. But I, I would do that, but they didn't have binoculars back then. But you get the idea. Choose a man from among you, he says. Interesting to me, that very first verse. Because God says, I'm going to give you specific instructions. I don't want you to go out in, into Walmart and buy a watchman. I don't think they really have them at Walmart. I'm just letting you know. If you need one, they don't have them there. But anyway, he said, don't, I'm not telling you to go out to a place uh, where a person is disconnected from you. I want you to choose a man from among you, a person whose family lives inside the city. We've got this wall around. I want you to choose a person whose wife is still inside. His sons, his daughters are inside. I want you to choose a person who has an interest in what happens in there. I don't want you to choose a person just to hire a person and pay them, and they have, they have no uh, real compassion for what's inside. I want you to choose a person from among you. I want you to put that person as a watchman. His responsibility is what? He is to look He's to look out on the horizon and see when the enemy is coming. He's to look for that when it says here the, the sword, it's talking about the enemies of Israel. When he sees the enemy coming, he sees them marching forward. He has responsibility then, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want a person who's paying attention. They're not playing on their phone. By the way, it's really scary to drive today, isn't it? <laughs> The other day I was driving, I saw this guy behind me. And I'm thinking, I hope he's not drunk and he's going to run in the back of my car, right? And, and finally we were, on a, we were on a four-lane highway and he came, up to he came up to pass me and I was thankful he was going to pass me. I looked and I could see it was dark. I could see his face glowing. Oh. Not because he was a wonderful person. <laughs> but he had his phone and he was, I, I guess he had his knee up. And he was passing me on 422. I said, thank you, Lord. Goodbye. Go, go, go. This, this watchman could not be on his phone while he's supposed to be watching. He has one thing. He has one focus on his mind, and that is to look for danger that's coming. That's his responsibility. Hey, if he becomes burdened by things around him, maybe he hears a noise behind him in the city. And he's distracted. And he looks back to see what's happening behind him. While he's looking back behind him, here comes the enemy over here, but he's not looking in the right place. He's going to be in trouble. 
I want to tell you, I thought about a, a verse in the New Testament, book of Romans, chapter 12, one of my favorite verses. It says in verse 2, and be not conformed. I'm going to sign, I want you to watch me. Be not conformed to this world. Conformed. Here's the world. Here's the Christian. God says, don't allow this to happen. Don't do that. Be not conformed to this world. Why? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You need to read the Bible. Hey, we came here today. We, op we opened a Bible in front of us. And I tell our deaf all the time, if you come to a service and I'm teaching and I don't open the Bible, go to another church. If we're not going to open the Bible, then why should we come? We can go to the VFW Center for fellowship. I can go to uh, McDonald's for coffee with the, with the old men in the morning. <laughs> I'm senior citizen now, almost, I think. Anyway, uh, I, I can go have fellowship anywhere. We're not coming here for pleasure. We don't come here for people to flatter us and tell us how wonderful we are. If you came for that this morning, I'm sorry. I'm going to disappoint you because I'm not going to do that. We come because we want to open the Bible. We want to learn. We want to put it in our minds. It gets down into our heart, and it goes all the way down to our feet and our hands, and it changes our behavior and the way we live. We need to be renewed by, by getting in the Word of God. Why? So we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to know God's perfect plan for my life. Over here, over here is a bunch of teenagers. They're so excited to hear me preach this morning. They couldn't sleep last night. <laughs> they're so excited. Look, just look at them. Man, they're wired. They can't even sit still <laughs> over there. <laughs> that is funny. But anyway, uh, we come here to church. Why? We need to know what God wants for us to do. Now, I want you to see there are two different watchmen described in these verses. I want you to drop down to verse 3. He says in, in verse 3, if, let me make sure I've got it right, if when he, that is the watchman, when he, the watchman, sees the sword come on the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, verse 4, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, they ignore the warning, if the sword come, the enemy comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his head. Now, I love to teach you sign language while I'm preaching, okay? So here we go. In the first service when I did this, uh, all the hearing people were copying me and the deaf just sat there. Yeah, we know that sign. It doesn't matter. You have to copy me, all right? So what's this? This is the letter R. Everybody do this. Both hands. Come on. That's it. Good. The deaf are doing it now. Yeah, I see. Anyway, like this. You're going to put it here. This is the sign for responsible. Responsibility. Okay? So the watchman, the watchman, he's up in that tower and he's looking. Oh, he sees danger. I'm hoping there were some people sleeping. <laughs> the rapture's happening. 
I preached for... I have preached for a long time. I've wanted to do that for many, many years. <laughs> I just fulfilled one of my dreams. Anyway, no, I'm just teasing. But he turns and he blows and he's blowing the warning. He's warning. He sees... By the way, you have a paper. I'm really not paying attention to it. So these are fill-ins here. All right? I'm not as good as Pastor Wendell. I, I don't even have one up here. But I think you're supposed to fill in something. So I can't even remember what they are. You just forget about it. Anyway, so the first thing, the watchman is up here. Yeah, responsibility on you. The watchman sees, he sees the danger there. He, warn, he blows the trumpet. He's warning the people. And I want you to see what happens. Most of that time, the resp do responsibility with me. Come on. Responsibility is on the watchman. But as soon as he turns, keep it there, keep it there. Soon as he turns and he blows the trumpet, watch what happens. Responsibility goes to the people. Do you see it? Now, I'm going to be, I'll be your watchman. I'm here. I see the danger come. I'm going to turn, blow the trumpet, and I give responsibility now to you. You decide now, is it real or is that guy crazy? <laughs> no, don't answer that. <laughs> is it a real warning or can I just wait for a little while? Is the danger close or is it real far away because I have wash, my clothes are in the washing machine, and I got to wait 10 more minutes till they're finished to put them into the dryer. You get the idea of what I'm saying. It's your choice. I have, I have warned you, now responsibility is yours. And you decide what happens from there on. So I want you to see today that God, and I want you to catch this, it's really important. If you do not end up in heaven, you cannot blame God. And I'm going to tell you why. The song that the choir sang, man, wasn't that... You know what this means? Goosebumps. Goosebumps ran up my arm. Tears were coming down my face because Jesus does say. And, and Jesus Christ has done everything that Jesus Christ could do for you to be able to touch heaven. If you miss heaven, don't blame God. In John chapter 3, verse 36, it says this, He that believeth on the Son, Jesus Christ, hath, everlasting life and he that believeth not the son of God shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him so today I'm going to let you know I am your watchman I am it's my responsibility and I want to warn you I want to tell you danger is coming it's not coming. It's here. It's here today. And you can say, ah, I don't believe what that guy's saying. You don't have to believe me. Uh, trust me. You can be like the person inside the city that says, ah, he's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But I'm going to tell you today, when you get ready to leave this place, you are going to leave here with the full responsibility on you. Because what I'm telling you is true. And I'm going to warn you. I would blow that thing as loud as I could. I will blow it. By the way, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll hold that. I want to tell you the warning will be given. 
The first watchman that you see in verses 3 and 4 is a warning watchman. I want you to drop down to verse 6. I want you to see the second watchman. He is wasted. He's a wasted watchman. Why? It says in verse 6, by the way, what's the first word in verse 6? But. It means there's a contrast. You've had a good watchman. He's doing his responsibility. He watches. He sees the danger. He turns. He warns. And he gives responsibility to the people. But the second watchman is not going to do that. He's not going to follow that example. It says in verse 6, But if the watchman sees the sword come, the enemy come, and he decides he's not going to blow the trumpet, and the people be not, be not warned, if the sword comes and takes away any person from among them, he that is taken away in his iniquity, and his blood shall be on the watchman's hands. Do you see the total, the total contrast in these two watchmen? The first warns, and the responsibilities where? He warns, the responsibilities on the people. But the second one, he decides, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play one more game on my phone and then I'll warn. Or he decides, you know, uh, I'm not really, I don't feel called to tell people, to warn people. Or maybe he is so backslidden that he's afraid to tell any person about what Christ has done because he's afraid of his testimony and the damage it will do. But whatever the reason, he's wasted. His responsibility, the only reason he's there is to warn, and he decides he's not going to warn. He's just going to let the people have it. And what does it say in verse 6 that happens to the people? This is a sad, sad, sad verse. Because this man, okay, here's your feelings. He understands the dangers that are approaching. Some of you are like, I got the feeling. I mean, he understands the dangers that are approaching. He does not warn. And third, what happens? The people are destroyed. But this is a sad verse. It says here in this verse that the person who is taken from the city and he's removed, he is removed in his iniquity. Can I tell you today, if you're here today and you say, Jim Bracelin, I don't feel called to tell people that there is a way to heaven. May I tell you, you don't need to be called. If you're saved, don't wait for a call from God. He's already called you. I, I want to tell you, when I was six, I received Christ as my Savior. I was just a boy. I, I had not attended one discipleship class. I did not know the Romans road. I had not memorized all the uh, objections to the gospel. I didn't know them. I knew one thing. The day before I received Christ, I was going to hell. I received Christ, I was going to heaven. I got that part figured out. So on, that was on a Saturday I got saved, on a, on a, Saturday, on a Saturday. And uh, on Monday, of course, we, it was rule in our house. You went to church on Sunday all day. I was at church all day. And we had a rule you could not, kids, wait to hear this one. We could not play on Sunday afternoon. Oh, no. 
it was time for the holy nap. <laughs> Let me tell you something. For a six-year-old boy, the holy nap was holy, holy torture. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Monday morning, it was in the summer. Monday morning, I'm, I'm excited. I can go out and play. I go out, and there was a guy that lived right behind me. I think he was seven. He was old guy. He was there, and uh, we, we'd play and play. We're in the yard. We're playing around, and we stopped, we stopped to breathe. You know, we sat down, and I looked at him. His name was Gene. I said, hey, hey, Gene, if you die, are you going to go to heaven? He goes, no. I said, you want to know? He said, sure. So I explained to him, you're a sinner. He said, well, I said, no, no, you're a sinner. I, I have sinned with you. I know you're a sinner. <laughs> You remember when we did, you no, know, we're not going to talk about that. But I said, you're a sinner. And, and I said, sin cannot go into heaven. He said, really? I said, no. I said, you got to get it paid off. He said, how? I said, and I tell him about Jesus Christ. By the way, sweetest story I've ever heard. Jesus Christ, perfect, pure, holy, righteous, left there, that beautiful place, came here, born in a, in, a, in a stable, lived among sinners like us, accepted the mockery and the punishment and the crucifixion, and died for me. Whew. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave, and he offers me a gift. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't refuse a gift. I take every one. If any of you want to give me, now don't, don't bring me your trash. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. But I accept gift, and Jesus offered me the gift. I took it for myself. So I told Gene about that, and I said, I said, Gene, do you want, do you want to pray to receive Christ? He said, sure. I said, bow your head and close your eyes. I've been in church most of my life, and I don't know whether uh, Gene was saved or not, but can I tell you, nobody needed to tell me. You should be excited to tell other people about Jesus Christ. Hey, I was only six, but I had figured that out. That's exciting. That song you just heard and saw the choirs do, Jesus saves again and again and again and again. Did you see it repeated again? Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Why? Because Jesus does save, and he's the only one that can and we need to be telling. But this wasted watchman has responsibility that never leaves him. The warning watchman took responsibility and gave it to the people. But the person who decides, I'm not going to warn, responsibility stays with him. And the Bible says the blood of those people who die in their sins will be on the hands of the wasted watchman. Can I tell you today... If you're in this room, and now, now I want you to listen very closely. If you're here right now, and I'd ask you, if you die right now, are you 100% sure that you will touch heaven? And your answer is, and by the way, honest in your heart, you know your answer. If your answer is, uh, I don't mean to be cruel to you, but if your answer is, uh, you're not, you will not be in heaven. We don't accidentally arrive in heaven. You understand? It's a decision God allows you to make. God does not force any person 
to go to heaven. God's heart, his desire, he wants every person who is a sinner, that includes all of us, me included, he wants us to have our sins forgiven through Jesus Christ's blood. He wants that, but he will not force that on you. It's a gift. So listen to me today. If you have never, if you don't know for sure 100% that you're going to go to heaven, you're not going to heaven. But the good news, I'm going to tell you how you can before I close. But I want you to see this wasted watchman. Now, I have two final questions to ask you. Number one, who is the watchman? Who is the watchman? Do you know? Okay, this is old. We're talking about the history of Israel. Now let's come here to uh, Collegeville, Pennsylvania today. Who is the watchman? Nobody wants to say. Yeah, the deaf get it. Me. I am the watchman. You, if you, have, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are the watchman. You say, I don't want to be. It doesn't matter. You are. Uh, what is the enemy or who is the enemy? I put as the next question. Sin. Sin. Now, we like to blame uh, many people for our problems. We love to name enemies and, and, and blame them for our, uh, our behavior. But can I tell you, the blame stops with me for me. And the blame for you stops with you. I did not need any person to teach me how to lie. I already was a liar. I don't need to te uh, a person to teach me how to, how to be greedy or, or uh, to cheat. I can do it all by myself. I'm a sinner, and that is my enemy. Now, this morning, I want to make it clear to you, I'm not talking about religion. Did you hear me? I'm not talking about religion. There are many people today who are in churches. They went to church maybe real early this morning before, before many of you woke up. They went into church, they, they stood, they knelt, they sat, they knelt, they stood, sat, knelt, did all these things. And as quick as they could, they were out the back door and they put a little check. Okay, I think I'll go to heaven this, this week because I went to church. Not going to do it. You see, I believe religion was created by the devil himself. It's not real. God is not interested in our religion. He is interested in a relationship. And the, the enemy that we have is sin. Why? Because sin separates me from God. And it separates you from God. Now, if you were really paying attention, I skipped over one verse. I want you to see verse 5. In Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 5, it says, He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning... His blood. So this is a person who ignored the warning. The trumpet sounded, and if some of you don't wake up, I'm going to blow it again. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, he ignored the warning of the trumpet, and it says, His blood shall be upon him. But, I love this, but he that taketh the warning shall deliver his soul. I want to tell you today, you can have freedom from your sin. Uh, I, I'll tell you right now, you may, you may not have agreed with me on much of what I've said to you today, but I know in your heart, if you have not received Jesus Christ yourself, 
you have no peace. You have no lasting joy. It's, it's just temporary. Oh, sin is pleasurable for a season, but not for very long. Uh, when you lay down and try to sleep at night, it's hard for you to go to sleep because of all the things that you're worrying about and things you see on, on the news and different things you, you're constantly bombarded by, all these things. Without Jesus Christ, without the forgiveness of sin, there's no rest, by the way. That will not stop in eternity. If you die without Jesus Christ, you don't go to heaven. You go to hell. And the Bible says one thing that I think will be horrible about hell. There's no rest there. No rest there. May I warn you today? I am going to warn you. I want to meet you in heaven. But if you have not received Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about joining Baptist Church or Valley Forge Baptist Temple. It's not about that. I started by saying, if I found the cure for cancer and I kept it to myself and I didn't tell you, what would you think about me? I don't think much of me if that were true. So how can I understand the way to heaven from the Bible and not urge you and challenge you and beg you to receive it for yourself? I must. I must. I cannot sleep at night if I don't. Last night, I was so excited I was going to be preaching this morning. I could not sleep. I know that uh, maybe public speaking to you scares you to death, but it's what God made me to do. I could not wait to get here this morning to tell you what I just told you. I'm so excited to tell you, you don't need to go to hell forever. You don't need to be separated from God forever. By the way, if you refuse today, I'm going to tell you the blood for your soul is not going to be on these hands because I've asked God to help me to do the best I could to make it as clear as possible so you would know how to be able to touch heaven. I want to close with prayer. Would you? Well, wait one second. I'm sorry. I forgot one important thing. And this, this is important. Today is Deaf Awareness Sunday. I really wanted you to focus on the needs of deaf people. Can I ask you a question as I get ready to close? If all of you were in the city that we're talking about here in Ezekiel chapter 33, if all of you were there, how many of you are hearing people? Would you raise your hand? Hearing people, raise your hands. Okay, deaf people, put your hands down. Deaf people, raise your hands. Okay, just leave them up for a little bit. Yeah, you're a deaf person. Raise your hand. Okay, now wait. Let me tell you, none of them would have heard the warning. Thank you. You can put your hands down. What's that mean? Must they go to hell because they cannot hear? God gave us sign language. So the deaf that are in this room today have heard every word you have heard. They hear through these. You have heard through, don't take a picture, these. <laughs> but they have understood everything. They've heard everything that I've said today. Praise God. And so deaf, I want you to look at me. I'm here. I'm your watchman. I love you. I don't want to see any deaf person here. Go to hell forever. I don't want. So responsibility is from me. It's to you.
I love you, and I, I want you to make the right choice. Let's pray together as we close. Today I've preached very, I, I've preached, I've preached really deaf today. Deaf people are very blunt. They don't, they don't sneak around an issue. I haven't snuck, snuck around. I don't know if that's a real word. I haven't done that with you. I've come right at it today. Uh, there's a reason for that. Eternity is very close. We talked about, uh, Pastor Eifert talked about a woman who's, in, a young woman who's really facing death, death very, death very soon. And what we do for, for God, we need to do today. I want to encourage you, if you're here today and you say, Jim, I have never done what you've talked about. If I died right now, I'm not sure I would go to heaven, but I would like to know for sure. I want to encourage you, and I'm going to challenge you. You, you can, every person here can receive the gift that God offers. Why? Because it's free. It's not connected with our church. It is from the Bible. It's not religion. It's a relationship. God wants you in his family, but you must have a spiritual birth for that to happen. I want to encourage you today. If you say, I'm not sure if I died right now, I'm not sure 100% that I would be in heaven. Would you just pray with me a simple prayer? If you know that you're a sinner and you know that that sin's going to block you from heaven and you understand that Jesus Christ came here perfect, pure, and holy and died in your place, was buried and rose from the grave. If you understand that and you believe that is what God gave to pay off your sin, you just need to receive it. How do you do it? You can pray. Heads are bowed around. I want you to look at, you don't look at me, I'm sorry. Keep your heads down. I want to ask you, if you say, I'm not sure, but I want to make sure today, would you pray with me? If you're a deaf person, you can just copy and signs, all right? If you're a hearing person, you don't need a voice. You can just pray in your heart. But say something like this. Dear Jesus, I understand that I am a sinner. I understand that my sin separates you from me. I believe that Jesus Christ left heaven, came here perfect, pure, holy, and righteous, and died for me on the cross. I believe my sins were gathered and placed on Jesus Christ there. And his life being perfect meant that his death was perfect as well and satisfied you, as we heard some earlier. Today, I believe that Jesus Christ was buried and rose from the grave. And I want Jesus Christ. If you offer him as a gift to me, I want to take that gift. I will trust Jesus Christ and only Jesus to help me to arrive in heaven. Nobody's looking around. If you prayed with me and you really were serious, you'll say, Jim, I prayed with you and I really meant it. Would you just raise your hand? Anybody like that? I prayed with you. I really meant it. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes, I see that. Yes, thank you. See those hands. Anyone else? I prayed with you and I, really, I was really serious. Anybody else? Yes, I see your hand. Thank you so much. You can put it down. Today I preach for Christians a lot because we have responsibility. We are the watchmen. Don't waste your time. Use the time you have to warn the folks you can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for these folks. Thank you for the opportunity you've given me today to warn God, ever since I've trusted Christ as my Savior, I've had a burning fire in my heart to warn 
because I believe hell is real. I believe heaven's wonderful. But you talked a whole lot more about hell than you did heaven in the Bible. And I think that's because you don't want anybody to mistakenly, haphazardly enter into hell. I pray for the folks that are in this room today. I pray that you will touch every heart. And Lord, even if some were here this morning and have never trusted Christ and did not trust Christ even today, God, I pray you would not let them forget this message. I pray that you will allow these words, not my words, but the words of the warning watchman, to stay deep in their hearts so that they will not get rest until they settle this issue. Thank you for Jamie Klein's mother-in-law getting saved. You're so incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for saving the folks who raised their hands today. I pray, Father, that you would guide and direct them and help them to stay firmly planted in your church and to grow and mature and be able to tell others. Lord, help us to be warning watchmen and not wasted, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the invitation. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Here's the invitation that I want to give you today. If you've been a wasted watchman, here's the great news. Please listen. If you've been a wasted watchman and you've not been warning, guess what? God is a God of second chances. And you can start today. Perhaps you've not been telling people about Jesus Christ. Perhaps you've been embarrassed or, or afraid that you might offend someone. May I say very clearly to you, if somebody's already headed to hell, how could you offend them any worse than that? Go ahead and tell them about Jesus. Tell them there's a way of escape. If they don't accept it, guess what? The blood has passed from your hands to theirs, but at least they deserve that chance. It's my heartbeat that every deaf person I meet will have a clear presentation of the gospel before they meet Jesus Christ as their judge. That's the same for every hearing person. If you're here today and you say, I'm saved, but I've been wasting some of my time, maybe you need to come and just kneel at this altar. Maybe you need to kneel where you're standing right now and just ask God to help you with that. Let's sing that very first verse. I hear the Savior. So what a blessing. Amen. If you would, please, I'd like you to open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 6. What a blessed day we've had in the Death Awareness uh, Sunday. You know, I was thinking of this, and it fits right into the message, uh, and how, what a blessing. Thank you, Brother Bracelin. You know, there's something much more uh, important, though, than having physical hearing, and that is to have spiritual hearing. You know, Jesus said over and over again, he used this expression, and he used it, by the way, in the book of Revelation. Jesus said many times, and he said in the Gospels, he that hath ears to hear what? Let him hear. Now, obviously, most people have ears, and most people can hear but there's something much more important than the physical hearing, and that is the spiritual healing, uh, hearing. And that's what we really want to zero in on tonight. Or, and just like the, that song, I couldn't believe it, just like Brother Brayson said, the, singing, the songs went, go right along with the message. Well, the, that message, message is tonight, the message tonight, the songs went right along, go right along with what we want to look at in, in God's Word, the Bible. And so <clears throat> we uh, just uh, uh, thank the Lord for uh, this opportunity. So if you would please open your Bibles to Genesis, uh, Genesis, I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6. And I'm continuing my series uh, called Gems from Jeremiah. So if you would stand please. Gems from Jeremiah. You've heard of uh, diamonds from Deuteronomy. These are <laughs> gems from Jeremiah. What, are, what do we mean by that? What am I saying? The spiritual truths that last for eternity. They're here true on earth and they'll last for eternity. And uh, so what it is is I'd like to read um, uh, uh, 
And when I read these verses, there's two questions I want us to ask ourselves. Number one, what is happening? And secondly of all, why is it happening? What is happening? And secondly, why is it happening? Notice in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 1. O ye children of Benjamin. Now you remember, he's dealing with the southern kingdom. The two tribes together, Benjamin and Judah, were considered the southern kingdom. Gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem, the capital of Judah. And blow the trumpet. We learned about trumpet today. A warning in Tekoa, that was a city in Judah. And set up a fire in Bethlehem. In other words, another city in Judah. For evil appeareth out of the north and great destruction. Now, just look at verses 22 and 23 with me, please. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth. They shall lay hold of bow and spear. They are cruel. They have no mercy. Their voice roareth like the sea and ride upon horses. Set in array as men for war against thee, O daughter of Zion. O daughter of Zion, which is, of course, there in Jerusalem. Now I'd like you to go back up to verse 9. Verse 9, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 9. Notice what it says. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, that is the God of the universe, they shall sure, thoroughly glean the remnant of Israel as a vine, that turn back thine hand as a gate grather into the basket. In other words, you're going to be destroyed. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. It's a disgrace. It's a, it's a scorn. And notice, concerning the word of God, they have no delight in it. Skip down with me, please, to verse 13. Verse 13. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness, greediness in other words. And from the prophet even unto the priest everyone dealeth falsely. And then skip down if you would please to verses 17 through 19. Also I set watchmen a guard. We learned about that again today through Ezekiel. And I set a watchman over you saying hearken to the sound of the trumpet the sound of the warning. But they said we will not hearken. We will not listen. In other words, we will not obey. Therefore, hear ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you so much for your blessings throughout this day. Oh, Lord, what a wonderful day we've had to learn about being concerned, especially about those who physically can't hear. And, Lord, they need to know you love them. They need to know that you have provided a way to, for them to have eternal life through Jesus Christ, as well as anyone else on this earth. Thank you so much for sending Jesus to be our substitute to take our place, to die for our sins, 
that you accepted the work of the cross by raising him from the grave, that eternal life is a gift, that it's not of works lest any man should boast. It is to receive by grace through faith, trusting the death, burial, and bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the greatest news that ever has been and ever will, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And whoever asked him to be their savior, he will save them. And Lord, we want to thank you for the B-I-B-L-E, the Word of God, the Bible. We want to thank you for working in hearts today through Cornerstone Prison Ministry. We want to thank you for working in hearts and lives here today, this morning, those who were saved. We want to thank you so much for the opportunity. We thank you for the teams that are going out in Germany and Pastor and Jody and Amber serving you there in Greece. Make them a real blessing to the Lucas as they seek to reach the people of Greece with the gospel and also the Hansons in France. Again, Lord, thank you for your blessings, your goodness and grace. And Lord, I want to thank you for every single person that gathered here tonight, Lord, to hear your word, to take the time, effort, and energy they didn't have to come, but they wanted to come because they need you, Lord, and they need your word. We all do, Lord. So bless them mightily. Speak to our hearts tonight as only you can. And now, Lord, oh, Lord, if there be any people here, any boys, girls, teens, men and women, have never seen their sin, and it's only Christ that can save them, may tonight be the very night of their salvation, the very day of their salvation. Thank you for your love and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I'm sure you're all familiar with, and, and by the way, do you, uh, does everybody have a handout? I don't know what color this is. What color is this, honey? Light, light gold or something? <laughs> yellow. yellow? Oh, okay, yellow. Thank, my wife says yellow, so it looks like. But uh, just now, my handouts are a little different than everybody else's, okay? Guess what? There's no fill-ins. <laughs> okay, so uh, that... <laughs> makes it a little bit easier like what's that word you know what how do you spell that you know uh, sometimes it's up there on the board so, uh, but it's more for me because if i don't use this guess what i i go up i go on rabbit trails okay so i'll try not, so i gotta oh okay first point okay but you know last time uh, actually back in december when in uh, wednesday nights we looked at jeremiah 5 and we thought what we found what is that spiritual gem, that wonderful truth of the Word of God, that all of us need to put God first in our lives. I believe it's his life's verse. I think Pastor Wendell's life's verse is Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That really needs to be all of our life's verses, to seek God first in everything. But also, you know what? We need to fear God. And that's twofold. Another words, one is, yeah, God is God, and we're just sinners saved by grace. And we need to have a fear and awe and a respect of God. But also, you know what that means? You know what that means? We don't want to disappoint God. You know, I'm, I was thinking of this true, true in my, my parents, uh, and I, I think of my dad and my mom. I, I, I feared them in two different ways. <laughs> uh, dad, I feared, oh boy, he's the authority, like, whoa, you know? And, uh, True story. Um, when I was 19 years old, I had met my wife, and uh, was all excited. Still am. <laughs> so, uh, but um, my dad said to me, "What time did you get in last night?" True story. And I said, "I knew what the truth was, but I, I was sort of like a lawyer." And I said, "Well, Dad, it was sometime past two o'clock." 
it was five after four. <laughs> and and, and he, thankfully, he grounded me for a week. I couldn't use the car. I could go to work. He said, you, you can't see Pam for a, a, a week. And oh, I, that was torture. I hated that. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, I, I feared him because he had the authority. But also, I, I, I feared my mom in this respect. I, I don't want to disappoint my mom. You know what I'm saying? Man, I don't want to make my mom, like, sad. You know, I was speaking over here the other day to the elementary children, and I said, you know, my mom's been in heaven for 10 years now. And you know, not, honestly, not a day goes by where when I, what I think and what I say and what I do and how I feel, I'm thinking, what would mom think about that? Would she be happy with what I'm thinking? Would she be glad with what I'm saying? Would she be glad? Would she be pleased with what I'm doing and what I'm feeling? And chances are, if she's happy with what I'm thinking and doing and saying and feeling, God is happy. <laughs> so uh, I just thank the Lord. Uh, Pam, my wife and I, we just rejoice in our, our mothers because we're here because of them, obviously, but uh, not only physically, but we're here because of them spiritually because they taught us the they didn't know chapter and verse, quite frankly, but they taught us the principles of God's word. And that's what you and I have to get back to, the principles, the truths of God's word. And so, uh, and follow God. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You follow me, I'll disappoint you. I follow you, you'll disappoint me. But Jesus Christ will never disappoint you. He'll always be there for you. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is the very best friend ever has been and ever will be. So, and we need to be determined to do the will of God no matter what we face in life. Now we think of this, the song, I love it. You all know it. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me, the Bible. I stand alone. I stand on the promises of the word of God. I do not move from the truth of God's word. I do not move. It is truth. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is what? Truth. The B-I-B-L-E. Now, to help me out here, just to see this background, I want you to, now notice here, Jeremiah. If you keep this in mind, I want to focus in on one major truth tonight, okay? One major gem. But when Jeremiah started out, Babylon, in other words, and the Babylonian, you know, Babylon took over. But look in Jeremiah's life. The Babylonian Empire, look at that map. Sort of like Pastor Elfstock, he loves maps, right? Okay, look at that map, okay? All right. And then 40 years later, look at the next map. Whoa. Talk about expansion, right? You see, that's why Jeremiah was referred to as the weeping prophet. Because he begged the people of God, get back to the Bible. He begged the people of God, go back to the Bible, go back to Scripture, get back into the Word of God. The people said, we will not hear. We will not listen. We won't hear. And that's the result. Now, did he fail? Did he fail? He did not fail. That's exactly right. Because he did what God told him to do. He was determined to do the will of God no matter what. He did not fail. You can go back to the thing. Thanks, thanks, Dan. The, or, or the judgment one. What to do, though? What do we do 
when judgment's going to come. What do we do when the Bible tells us that evil men in the last days will be wax worse and worse? What do we do? Do we quit? Do we give up? Do we throw in the towel? But Jeremiah didn't. He was sent to prison unjustly. Thank the Lord for an Ethiopian officer, an Ethiopian man, went to the king and said, what these leaders have done to this man is wrong. He ought to be freed. He ought to be freed. And he got freed. But he wrote the book of Jeremiah. He wrote, Jeremiah wrote, of course, Jeremiah. He wrote Lamentations. And many conservative scholars believe that he's the one who gave us the book of First and Second Kings. Thank the Lord for that man. Yes, he was the weeping prophet because, look, this is what, you know, and, and I'm sure he didn't understand, like, what? What's going on? What, what's, and, but anyhow. So, but what do we do? What do we do? Do we quit? No, the Bible has the answers. So here we find, real quickly, I want to go through, uh, just notice, and ju God's judgment of devastation on page one upon his people. Folks, there's two ways a country can get destroyed. From without and from within. There's two ways that, that a country, from without and from within. And this is exactly what happened. Of course, we know the Babylon, Babylonian captivity. Babylon came and captured the, the southern kingdom and so forth. But also there was destruction from within. The character of the people the qualities of the people, the characteristics of the people. You see, dis we found, as I read to you, their dislike of God's word, their disobedience to God's word, their disobedience to God's word. Let's look, first of all, real quickly again, real quickly with me, at verses um, <clears throat> uh, 9 and 10. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, they shall glean the remnant of Israel as a vine turned back as a hand. In other words, as a gatherer of it, they're going to be reaped away. They're going to be destroyed. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised. It's unclean. They're not interested. And they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. The word is scorn. It's a disgrace. And know what that says. They have no delight in it. They have no delight in it. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? And then skip down to verse 15 with me. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Weren't they embarrassed when they did what was wrong? Didn't they blush? Weren't they? No, they were not ashamed at all. Neither could they blush. They weren't embarrassed. Embarrassed. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall at that time that I shall visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Oh, how sad. And then we find that they not only dislike the Word of God, but notice on page 2 here, their disobedience and disloyalty to the Word of God. Verses um, 11 through 15 bring that out, but I want to focus in on verse 17. Um, uh, and then it says, I set a watchman, thank you, Brother Bracelin, for preaching about this this morning, a guard, one who should look out over you, saying, hearken, Listen to the sound. Listen to the warning. This is going to happen. But they said, we will not hearken. We will not hearken. Isn't that sad? You know, I love what David said. David said this. <clears throat> but the, uh, he said, delight thyself in the Lord, and he'll do what? 
He shall give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. But they said no. They said no. We're not going to do that. They knew that, by the way. They knew those truths. They knew, no, we're not going to. They rejected it. They didn't want it. They didn't want it. Isn't that sad? Oh, and then, you know, I'm reminded that the Bible says that as there um, will be uh, false prophets uh, among the people, as there were in the Old Testament, there are false spokesmen for God, even today. Peter writes, but there were false prophets among also the people, even as they shall be false teachers among you. Peter says, don't be surprised when people come along and uh, teach what's not biblical. Very simple. Simply. Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying, this is interesting, even denying the Lord that bought them and brings upon themselves swift destruction. But it says, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, and by the reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness, through greediness, through materialism, they with feigned or pretend and crafty words make merchandise of you, whose judgment not of now, of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So as there were false prophets in the Old Testament, there are false prophets now. So how do we know? We have to see, is this what really the Bible says? The B-I-B-L-E? I stand alone on the Word of God. There's a children's song we used to sing when we were in Michigan. I loved it. And I taught it to the elementary children here. I have a wonderful treasure, a gift of God without measure. And so we travel together my Bible and I. Folks, this precious book is a treasure. It's more valuable than anything upon in this universe. It's the Word of God because it stands forever. It stands forever. It stands forever. <clears throat> so let's go back now as we see. All right, what do, and the deliverance uh, in God's Word. What are we to do? Look at verse 16. Knowing that, and again, judgment comes. What do we do? Because it says evil men shall wax worse and worse. And, you know, I, I, and, and you, you think like, wow, like what's going on? The world's going nuts, right? If I, I, I'm talking to even unsaved people that have nothing to do with the Bible and, you know, Jesus. And, I mean, you know, they're like, what's going on? You know, uh, it's because, again, when we leave the Bible, we leave the truth of God, we leave the truth of Scripture, then it's utter, absolute, utter chaos chaos but here is what we to do and this is what i want us to remember tonight thus saith the lord lord what do i do what do we do what do you do what should i do stand ye in the ways stand in the, in the ways and see and ask for what the old paths ask for the old paths Ask for those things that work before, that are real. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is what? Truth. It's true. It's reality. It's reality. Wherein is the good way? Where isn't the good way? Now, what is the, some of the good way? Well, it's, it's called the Ten Commandments. It's called the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. All right? It's, it, it, it's, it's some have said it is, it is the Ten Commandments. 
It's the Ten Commandments. Yes, don't have anything before God. Thou shalt have no other gods before or beside me. You don't worship God except the way he tells you to. You are respectful of his character and of his name. You, you, you put a day aside for mostly for him, all right? You, you know what? You want to honor your mom and your dad. You want to honor them. Young people, the best thing, you, the way you can is serve the Lord right now in your life is to honor your mom and dad. Doesn't mean you necessarily agree with them, but you honor them, you respect them, you love them, you help them, you encourage them, you pray for them. That's the best thing you can do. And then <clears throat> we don't kill, we don't have, and we know that that's, it's not talking about just the letter of the law, the letter of the law. I know that my, my you know, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We, we know that, okay? And uh, isn't that sad? Like, you're talking to somebody, oh, hi, how are you? And you hear Jesus' name in vain? I mean, he has nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Do you hear Muhammad's name in vain? Um, Confucius? Uh, how about Buddha, right? I, I've never heard that, yeah? Now, I know my grandfather meant well, but he would say Judas Iscariot. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 now, I appreciate, uh, I was just a little baby when he died, but I just had, my, my mom told me that, well, you know, pop up, you know, I said, well, mom, I think, you know, there's the letter of the law and the spirit of law. You know, uh, you gotta, you know, we want more than just the letter of the law. But you don't kill, you don't commit, commit adultery, you don't lust in your heart, you, you don't steal. Because it hurts everybody, doesn't it? Thou shalt not bear false witness. These are pretty good things to do, right? To obey. Boy, it helps. And gimme, gimme, gimme. Thou shalt not covet. Always wanting, wanting, wanting. Never satisfied. Never content. You know, the Bible tells us to be content. All right? And how about the, how about the greatest commandment? Loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the old paths. Folks, when you and I go by the Bible, do you realize we're never wrong? What a blessing that is. And we don't go by the Bible. Guess what? We're always wrong. If we don't do what the Bible says, we're wrong, okay? Very simple, very simple. Exciting. And then how about, yes, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. From the book of Leviticus, Moses. Moses gave us that. Moses gave us the Ten Commandments. Moses gave us the first greatest commandment. All right? When we think of King David, I mentioned a couple of verses. Think of Solomon, trust in the Lord and the Proverbs with all. They had these, by the way. I saw them, well, that didn't happen to it. No, they had this. They had this of 5, 600, 600 B, uh, B.C. before Jesus was born. They had this, these scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. And he shall direct thy paths. Now, you know, <clears throat> I'd like you to turn, if you would please, to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. And uh, just real quickly, could you show the first one up there? The first, okay, right. Now, I, no, I showed this before. Now, believe it or not, when I was a little boy, this is the kind of car I rode in most of my life, my first six years. It's a 1931 Ford. And that was my, my grandfather, okay? And, and, and I called him Pop-Pop. And, and uh, you know, this is unbelievable, but the next one. Now, here we have 
my son and my pop-pop's great-grandson. Guess what that is? That's a 2009 Ford four-door car. <laughs> it's sort of funny, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know. It wasn't planned. I don't know. Okay, and then the next slide here. Okay, now that's my son's car, okay? Uh, he, that's a little sign. He is greater than I. He must increase, I must decrease. And uh, he has a bumper sticker on there. Can anybody make it out? Reagan 84. <laughs> that's like six years before he was born. <laughs> can't imagine where I got that from. <laughs> uh, and, and Tennessee, he's a hiker. It's a special you know, license plate or something like that. But you know, I think it, this is ironic, and, and I don't mean it, but my grandfather had a four-door Ford. I have a four-door Ford. My wife has a four-door Ford. My son has a four-door Ford. You saw that. And my daughter has a four-door Ford. But I don't think Pop-Pop ever taught us. <laughs> you can only have a Ford, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. But, but uh, obviously it works or something like that. But just a little illustration here of driving home. It is so much more important, though, is to go. We want the Word of God. We want our children and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and our, and, and our nephews and nieces and, 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 and to go by the Scripture to go by the word of God. And, uh, and then Psalm 19, let's turn there, where we see uh, one of the main things. If you look, what do we do with the word of God? We stand, we ask, and we walk. Notice what it says with me, please, in Psalm 19. You know this so well. The law of the Lord is perfect. This is King David. It's complete. Converting the soul. Sounds like faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the what? Word of God. It converts the soul. It provides salvation. That's why somehow or another, whether it's sign language or verbal language, we want to get the Word of God. That's the most important. It's so wonderful Cornerstone Criticism Ministries. You know, they gave the Word of God. So people said, you don't have to convict them, you don't have to convince them much that they're sinners. They need a Savior. A lot of people say, well, I'm I mean, I have relatives like, oh, I'm better than most. I got a relative. I'm serious. I'm better than most. I mean, he sat here tonight. I'm better than most people. <laughs> I'm, you know, oh, brother. You know, he's not going to get saved as long as he has that spirit. But notice the testimony of the Lord, Lord is sure making wise and simple. It's wisdom. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up strife. There's wisdom. What, how should I handle situations? The Bible has the answer. This is wonderful. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. There's no greater joy in all this world than to go by the Bible. It doesn't mean it's easy. I don't mean, oh, it's easy to go by the Bible. No, because we're naturally, we don't want to go by the Bible. But there's, wow, is there joy and there's strength and there's encouragement when we know we're doing what God wants us to do. And then he says the fear... <clears throat> Excuse me, enlightening the eyes. And it's pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean uh, and enduring for, for a, oh, I wonder where my water went. Where did that go? I, oh, well, okay, I'm sorry. I had water here. What? <laughs> it's not, Pastor One has a real little one. Oh, thank <laughs> you. 
Oh, oh, did somebody take it by accident? No, I didn't take it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that, hey, remember, thou shalt not steal, brother. Remember. <laughs> he just followed the golden rule. God bless you, because I know what I'm preaching. I need that. Thank you, brother. But, but uh, as we see here, and there, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. It's invaluable. You know, it's invaluable. And we have these things here. We have the Bible is invaluable. More than, uh, more to be desired are they than gold, than a much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Now, I don't know if this is a real golden candlestick, but it looks like it. Okay, and then sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. You know, I, I asked the elementary children, I said, think of your favorite candy bar. You know, and I'm not exaggerating. These kids came up with 20 different candy bars. I, I like, oh, I like Snickers. I like Milky Way. You know, I, you know, I like Almond Joy. And I said, well, you like anybody like my wife's favorite, York peppermint patties? <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, it's it's like, well, that's like, wow, what a joy, what a blessing, what an encouragement it is. And I said, well, why do you like candy bars? You know what they said? Well, why do you like candy bars? And they it makes you feel good. <laughs> I said, that's right. It does. All right. And some of you like, well, I don't like candy bars, but you like coffee creamers, right? Like Hershey's coffee creamer. Okay. Okay. Right. Somebody gives us special coffee creamers every so often. Now I use them too, by the way. <laughs> okay. But it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Sure. I'll tell you something. This book makes you feel good when you go by it, when you do what it says. And then, um, so moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Oh, there's reward in, in, in obeying God. You know, even if, if you, like we're, we're challenged today to, to witness, right? And, and it's hard, you know, it's like, what? But you know what? Don't you feel good? I mean, you're sort of like disappointed, like, I witness and nobody, you know, they say, like, oh, I'm not interested. But you know what? You did what God told you to do. The results are in his hands. I mean, you desire, you want to see people, you know, come to the, know the Lord. But, you know, like, wow, I did what God told me to do. And God will use his word, by the way. He will use his word. His word will not return unto him vain, Isaiah. Real quickly now, let's look at this. Okay, and my time is almost up. And uh, quite frankly, I'm getting tired. <laughs> no, I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting old. So, I, I, um, I, uh, okay, uh, let's look at this. Okay, um, Saul, okay, just remember Saul. Can look at page three with me, please. Saul, okay, stand for and ask. We ask God for help. Ask him for help. Because you and I can't do it by ourselves. Without him, we can do nothing. Ask, and you shall receive, knock, uh, uh, excuse me, ask, seek, and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened. Ask, seek, knock. Think of that acrostic, ask, seek, knock. Uh, and, and you and I be, need to be men and women and people of prayer. Pray without what? Ceasing. Jesus said men always ought to what? Pray. Don't quit. Don't give up. You're having difficulties. Who doesn't? You keep praying. Lord, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your guidance. I need your spirit. 
I need your wisdom. I want to go by the Bible. I think of Pastor Ivor here, and Lord bless him and, and his ministry, and, and I'm sure that if, if, he, if people come in and they try to counsel, and, and he counsels them, and, and their attitude is, well, I don't care what the Bible says. Well, he's not going to get anywhere. But if a man or woman or teen or boy or girl says, you know, Pastor Ivor, I, I really, I, I do want to be biblical. I, I do want to go by the Word of God. Man, that's like over half the battle. Like, oh, he wants, he wants to do. And that's, folks, may we never be like the, the folks of old who don't delight in the Word. I don't want to hear the Bible. No, but may we always want to hear the Bible. Now think of Saul. Now help me out, and I'm almost done here. You've been very attentive. And I'm just simplifying this one spiritual gem. Judgment's coming. Sadly, it came. But what do we do? Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you throw in the towel. Now, what do I have here? Pastor Elstock. Pastor Elstock. Okay, I'm like Pastor Elstock because he's a tool man, right? Okay, but this is a, a regular saw, and we use this for lumber, okay? Now, I'll just put this here. Okay, I'm not going to saw anything because that take too long. <laughs> okay. Probably everybody here uses chainsaws and buzz saw, you know, circular saws and things. What also do I have here? I have here, uh, this is also a kind of saw, but does anybody know what they call this kind of saw? Give you a hint, something that grows from the ground. Tree saw, right, and it is. It's really made for, for tree sawing, okay? All right, so we have tree saw. We have a regular saw for lumber. And then some of you, well, hopefully you never go to prison, but, <laughs> but if you do, <laughs> you might, they, they won't work, okay? Just <laughs> well, okay, what do we call this? Why? They didn't know what a regular saw was. They didn't know what they know. Everybody knows a hacksaw. Okay, we use that for metal, right? That's that's very interesting, <laughs> very telling. Okay, all right. Now, but a saw, every saw does something. Every saw does something, and what does it do? It takes what's one and divides it. Okay, actually, I did this with the tree saw. Just my yard. This was in my yard. Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to saw this. I'm not going to break it. I could have broken it, but I thought, well, for sake of illustration, I'll saw it, okay? But it, it, one, it together, and it breaks off. Folks, that's what you and I have to do every day. Let's look at the illustration here. We remember Saul. We need to stand for the Lord. Be steadfast, unmovable, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for what? For as much as we know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And we need to ask the Lord, Ask him for help. Ask him for strength. And yes, we need to walk with the Lord. You know, it says there's only two guys in the Bible. Though. Walk, it says walk with the Lord. Enoch. Enoch, exactly, and Noah. Walk with the Lord. And you know, it's interesting. Amos, the prophet Amos says this. He says this. He says, how can, Amos 3, 3. How can two walk together lest they be what? Agreed. And let me tell you something. If there's a disagreement with God, guess what? He's not wrong. <laughs> okay. No, we're the one that's wrong. But yeah, we want to walk with God. Lord, I want to walk with you. Lord, I want to walk with you. 
and, and that's what God wants. Well, let's close, okay, real quickly. Our time is up. I want you to turn to Psalm 19. How many know this? Uh, uh, actually, it's in the back, but I think it's easier if you turn it in your Bibles. The Psalm 19, okay? And I want you to see how wonderful this is. Saul, stand for the Lord. Ask the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Get in the Word of God every day. I don't care what, whatever works for you. If you have a reading guide, if you have a devotional, whatever works for you. Everybody's different, uh, but, but you, gotta, you and I got to get into the Bible. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And he's quoting Deuteronomy. He's quoting Moses, okay? All right, Jesus, when he, he was tempted. But in Psalm 19, notice I think, Help me out, and some of the teen, uh, uh, young people, actually the elementary kids know this. Okay, we'll sing verse 7, uh, and, and, uh, and then more to be, then we go to verse 10, verse 8, then we go to verse 10, verse 9, and then we sing 10, 11. Are you familiar with this? Okay, I thought, the tune? All right, let's try it out, see how it works. You know, all right, if we fail, we fail, but. The Lord knows we meant well. <laughs> okay. The, okay. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, the much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey, and the honeycomb. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, the much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey, and the honeycomb. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, the much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Verse 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Just one more slide. Okay. The, all right. What is this? Anybody know? John Deere mowing what? Zero turn mow. Okay. I, I thought I needed to get one. Thank the Lord, I got one. However, I have never used one. So when all else fails, what do I do? <laughs> right. True story. I almost ran right into my car the first five minutes. <laughs> I'm serious. The guy says, oh, you Okay, on my defense, there's no foot brake. No, there's, there's, it's not, there's a place to put your foot, but that's not a foot brake. This is the way, you know. This is forward, this is back, and then you're like a shopping cart. 
I love, I, you know, for all, oh, I told my wife, oh boy, I think I made a boo-boo. I mean, <laughs> I said, this is, oh, I said, this is so bouncy, you know, but now I don't know what I would do without it. And it actually, seriously, it has cut my lawn mow. I have a big backyard, I'm blessed with, but honestly, it's cut my mowing by a third of the time. You know, instead of three hours, it's two hours now. Well, a little more than two hours. But, uh, but in other words, the manual. So I don't know what to do. Okay, but guess what? I don't know how to live my life. Well, what kind of man, woman, boy, girl, teenager, husband, wife, employer, employee, uh, mom, dad, here it is. Isn't it wonderful? This, this precious book shows us how to have eternal life and above all, above all eternal life and also everyday life. Let's pray, shall we? Now, this message was geared for believers. And, uh, but the thing is, I want to just ask you, do you really, are you sure you know Jesus as your Savior? You know, it was a service just like this. I believe I was saved when I was eight and a half years old. But you know what? I had never, well, it was in my own, pro, in my own bedroom and stuff, and I, I believe it. But you know, it was a church service just like this on a Sunday night in a, in a Baptist church in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, not too far from here, about an hour. And I remember, uh, the, or, you think I'm kidding you, but the speaker's name was David Breeze, and he was from Colton, California. <laughs> That's a, and I remember that, and I thought, you know what? And I, didn't, I was like Pastor Wendell. I didn't, pray, I didn't pray out loud. I prayed from my heart. But I said, you know, Lord, I just want to make sure I have Jesus as my Savior. And maybe you're like that. You want to make sure that Jesus is your Savior. God is speaking to your heart. You can pray something like this. Again, you can pray from God. Here, as Pastor, Pastor Wendell says, and Brother Bracelet mentioned, you pray. God will hear the prayer of your heart. He knows what he means. Pray something like this. Dear God in heaven, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to die for my sin and rise again so I could be forgiven and live together forever with you in heaven someday. Thank you so much for the gift of eternal life. Please help me to love you and serve you the rest of my life while I live on this earth. Now, before I close in prayer, is there, he said, Pastor Colton, I just made, I prayed that prayer with you. I just wanted to make sure Jesus is my Savior. Anybody just slip up your hand and put it right down. You know, the, you know, you can talk to me later, but just as a testimony, saying, I know Jesus as my, I just made sure Jesus is my Savior. Anybody at all? Lord, we thank you so much for these dear folks. Lord, please help us to Saul every day, to stand for you, ask for your help, and Lord, help us to walk closer to you every day you give us the breath of life thank you for it all thank you above all for eternal life through christ make us more like